You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today I'm talking about referral and partnership agreements. While I've been talking a lot lately about time and money, I think that agreements fit really nicely into this. Because if you're in a business and you want to joint venture or refer with refer to somebody else who's in a business and do anything collaboratively, then you need to have a framework around how you spend your time together, who invests how much money and what sort of money you're going to make out of that shared thing that you're doing. So I think it's a really important topic. I've been doing a bit of coaching work around agreements lately and I've been involved in many in my own professional career. So I wanted to dive deep into this and talk about what I call the five stages of developing an agreement. So at the big picture, you have the initiation of agreements, the development phase, and then the formalising phase. And within that, I've got these five stages. And that's what I'm going to talk through today so that you get really clear on how to go about developing a formal relationship with someone and an agreement around it. So let's talk about that first stage and initiating an agreement. I guess going into any sort of partnership or collaboration with somebody is really exciting in the beginning, but it's only going to work if you have stuff in common. So the first stage that fits into the initiating part is to see what the values fit is. If you find somebody that you'd like to collaborate with, it's great to have an initial meeting and to have lots and lots of questions just to brainstorm lots of things, to explore their methods, their practice, their business goals their ethos, what they stand for, and to discover the common ground, to discover what the two of you could bring to the world, to see what the similarities and differences are, to make sure that you're both aligned and heading in the same direction. It goes without saying that this is the most important part of any sort of collaboration. Even in a marriage or a formal arrangement of any other sort like that, business, friendship, committees, you know, the greater that value fit is, the more successful the relationship's going to be. So don't skimp on that bit. And I suppose that being the first stage, the second stage is then to really tap into your instincts. Think about it this way. With any new relationship, It's important that you tap into your instincts right away and notice how you feel about the other person because if it feels right and if it keeps feeling right as you go through that development of that relationship, then it's probably going to be a good thing and you should listen to that instinct and really turn it on. Now, some of you might be going, right, yeah, that's a little bit woo-woo for me, but let me just say that neuroscience proves that this is not woo-woo stuff. We all have a primitive brain, which is also known as the basal ganglia. And that primitive brain allows you to quickly pick up important information that you need for survival. Your primitive brain is full of distrust, actually. It's an early warning detection unit. It picks up risk or fear or trust issues 
really, really quickly without you even knowing. And that's part of what your instinct is. Following that, your slower, more modern brain, the prefrontal cortex, monitors what your primitive brain has learned and it uses that information to create a more judicious big picture of what's going on. It takes into account perhaps more history or more framework around what's happening and it exerts some executive control over your behaviour. So in other words, your primitive brain is going to be a big part of picking up any red flags. So listen to it. And if it's all green lights at this stage, you could move on to developing an agreement with a person or a business. But if you have hesitation, I would encourage you to explore it, to ask more questions, to get that bigger picture and to use your prefrontal cortex to really make some judgments about whether this is the right situation for you or not. Get really clear on that before you make any decisions to proceed. At the worst, you can walk away and say, this doesn't feel right, or I don't think this is the right thing for me, or whatever that is, and that's okay. And at the best, you can move forward. If you're anywhere in the middle, keep exploring it with an open mind. So assuming that you've done that initial stage, initiating the agreement, checking first the values fit, and then how your instincts uh, are lining up with what's being said, then let's look at the next stage, which is developing agreements. And so the third step, which is part of this, is the real true collaborating on fleshing out exactly the detail of how you're going to work together. In order to build trust and rapport, you need to be collaborative and transparent. Now, this doesn't mean that you're giving away all of your methodologies and customer lists and trade secrets. What this means is that you're starting a series of more deep back and forth conversations about the terms of how you'll work together. There are a couple of benefits of collaborating and being really transparent. One is that you get to keep reality checking the values fit as you go and develop the relationship. Remember, you don't have anything formalised yet. You're still working through it. So you've got through that initial probationary, that initial litmus test, and this is more like a probationary period, I suppose. You're being transparent, checking the fit as you go, and it's also showing that you trust the other person and that you have integrity if you're being open and collaborative along the way. It gives you a great opportunity to iron out any differences and to explore any challenges that are coming up while they're just small things. So as you go through that series of conversations, some of the questions to consider or to ask each other could include maybe the goal of the relationship. Is it just about referring clients and cross-promoting? Or are you working as affiliates? Or are you packaging up your individual services into one thing? Or are you joint venturing on a single event or on a program that you're delivering over a longer period? So start there with the goal of the relationship. Then you could brainstorm these other questions like what is going to be included and what's not included? How aligned are your individual services? How can you make them fit together? What's the benefit of packaging them for the customer and for you? Who owns what in terms of the intellectual property? What happens when you start selling? What would the process be? Who would own the leads that come through? 
And along the way, as you're exploring these questions, use your intuition and keep testing that you're aligned. Iron out the creases that come up and explore all of the avenues of the relationship. Ask lots of what-if questions. You want to make sure you check this thoroughly, like being in a probationary period, to be sure that even the finer details feel good. So that was step number three. Under developing agreements, you want to be collaborative. And step number four is to be forthright. At this stage of the relationship, keep your eyes wide open and identify any niggles along the way and explore them while they're still just niggles. Keep your instincts fired up. It's great for you to use your character strengths of fairness and judgment, collaboration and also prudence at this stage and to speak up if anything seems a little untoward or you're not quite comfortable. It's really important that you do that because little niggles left unchecked can turn into big volcanoes later on and you definitely want to avoid those. I mentioned prudence as one of the character strengths that's useful in the discussions that you're having and in terms of being forthright. I mention this because it's tempting to get all excited about the opportunity and to rush in, but you need to let your prefrontal cortex do its work to consider things carefully and to make good decisions. So rather than rushing in and saying, yes, let's do it, and then later on thinking, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that, just be forthright and objective the whole way through. Be very upfront and clear about what you want and keep coming back to the main theme of what you're doing. Now, assuming that you get that far, that you've got the values fit, your instincts are on track, you've started collaborating and you've been forthright and everything still feels good, now you're ready to formalise your agreement. And when you feel everything's kosher, I'd advise that you put it in writing. And that's step number five, is to create a clear agreement. Now, while I'm not a lawyer, I've written a lot of proposals and agreements in my time, and I understand that there are a few th key things that you need to include. Please consider this to be general guidance only. I think it's a great idea for you to get some advice from maybe a contracts lawyer or the free legal services that are available in your state. You can Google those. You want to make sure that what you've developed is suitable for your unique situation and covers everything that it needs to cover in a legal sense. There are four essential things that all agreements need to include. The first thing is the naming of the parties involved using their formal business names. You start there by saying something like, this is an agreement between X and Y, where X is the name of business one and Y is the name of business two. Straightforward. The second section in an agreement is the definition of terms. And in this section, you're listing the standard words or terminology that you'll be using throughout the agreement. For example, if you're collaborating on a workshop, you might define the word workshop as a term in inverted commas, and then you would only use that word throughout the agreement when you're talking about the workshop. Don't use any other variations of the word. It just keeps things really clear and simple. 
And the same goes for any other things that you might be talking about regularly, such as the premises or the list or anything else that's being discussed, a specific product or service or service provider or venue or staff or contractor, whatever. Keep it simple though, just perhaps only three to seven terms that you define. They're the main things that you're talking about in the agreement. The third part of an agreement are the specifics and this is where you list everything that you agreed on verbally at the collaboration stage. Generally they're under fairly specific headings and those common headings include things like the intellectual property, who owns what, privacy, confidentiality around each other's methods, the fees that are payable to each other or from the client and how that's split perhaps, the period of the agreement, for example, six months to a year or is it a single event? And you would normally define that by a specific date range just to be super clear. You would also want to cover how you intend to represent each other in the public eye. This is really important because if things go sour, you want to make sure that you're not going to be backstabbing each other and saying slanderous things. So you always want to be representing each other positively and professionally. And you would also have something about the terms of termination. If either of you wants to end the agreement, how would you do that? It sounds like quite a lot, but you can keep it to under two pages in total. It's really important to be succinct and to make simple statements that clearly state your agreed intention. And another thing that I would recommend is mentioning our commitment to seep help via arbitration if there is any sort of dispute that comes up. Arbitration is just a process where you can present your arguments and evidence to a dispute resolution practitioner, that's the arbitrator, who could help you resolve an issue. It's really great to have this because it, it shows your commitment to resolving things rather than escalating them. Uh, and there are some links in the notes for this podcast that help give you some more information on that. The last part of the agreement is the names of the people or businesses, the signatures and the dates. You want to put a section for those at the very bottom. That's the whole agreement if you've got to that stage. And right now you might be thinking that a written agreement could be overkill or too formal or a bit confronting, but you know, sure, it might feel like that. But here's the thing. Think about it this way. When you put an agreement in writing, you're doing two things. Firstly, you're showing your intent to do the right thing and your professionalism. And the second thing is that you're showing your commitment to the project and your commitment to upholding your end of the bargain. When you think about it like that, that you just want to have a smooth process, that you're totally committed, that you want to do the right thing and you want to be clear about that from the front, it's called professional integrity. And finally, sure, there's every likelihood that you could totally make it work. You could fix any issues that come up and you could have a successful venture without a contract. And if things went wrong, you could probably walk away unscathed. But there's a small chance that things could go pear-shaped and someone could sue you or try to. And if that happens, your written agreement becomes part of the evidence in a court of law showing how well each party upheld their side of the agreement. So even if it's one in a thousand or one in a million chance 
I think it's worth having a written agreement, but mainly for those other reasons around who you are as a business professional. Well, that's it from me. I hope it's been helpful for you to think about the process of forming an agreement and just to recap the five steps. Firstly, in the initial stage of initiating an agreement, checking the values fit and secondly, using your instincts. Then when it comes to developing agreement, the third thing was to start collaborating and asking lots of questions and fourthly, to be forthright. And then finally, you can formalise that by creating a clear agreement that states very simply the terms that you both agree on. If you need any help with agreements, you can contact me via my website on melaniejwhite.com. But for now, happy agreeing. (laughs) Thanks for listening and I'll see you soon. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.